In this episode, I talk again to Chris Hitchens. He first appeared on the Empath podcast in episode 23, talking about platform people. Now he's back to discuss his new venture, which is called Coignition, a very different type of recruitment company, which Chris describes as the eBay of recruitment. Coignition is already causing a stir in the financial services recruitment market in the UK and Australia. Listen to Chris's story of how he developed Coignition. Hear how he's relishing disrupting a market that many view as tired and stale. What lessons can we learn and how could we disrupt other financial services sectors with innovative new ideas and models? That's all right here on episode 55 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hello and welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thanks once again for tuning in and plugging me and my guests into your earphones. I'd also like to thank you for all your support and feedback recently. You sent me some great emails with suggestions for guests and ideas on how to tweak the show. I produce the podcast for you, and hearing or listening to your feedback encourages me to continue looking for interesting guests with inspirational business stories to tell. If you like the show, please share it with at least one friend or colleague this week. It would help me immensely. Encouraged by your feedback, I've recently launched a video version of the show. Empath TV is a short two to three minute monologue about marketing ideas and issues from the protection and finance world. Whilst I definitely have more of a face for audio, I decided to go ahead and launch the video show anyway to complement this podcast because video is such a powerful medium in the digital landscape. You can find the videos at rogeredwards.co.uk if you click on the Empath TV tab. So let's get into this week's interview and it's a return visit for Chris Hitchens. Chris is CEO of Platform People and the recently launched Coignition, a new way of doing recruitment. Chris believes the best way to look after his clients is for him to look after his people. Having been a military helicopter pilot with the Army Air Corps for 14 years, he has strong personal values regarding integrity, honour and delivery, no matter what the task is, and is always looking for people with similar values to work with him. He owns a Harley and a bright orange chopper motorcycle. There are some great ideas in this week's interview, so let's get to it. Only here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So, Chris, welcome back to the Empath Podcast. Hi, Roger. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Chris. And thanks for coming back onto the podcast. You were here way back in December 2014. You were on Empath Podcast episode number 23. So, where are you Skyping me from today? 
so I'm currently in Warrington today, working out the Platform People office. Chris, you've come back on the podcast to tell us about a fabulous new venture that you've developed since we last spoke, which is called Co-Ignition. And tantalisingly, it's a little bit like eBay for recruiters. But before we get to that, just remind everybody about yourself, where you came from, what your ambitions are, and, and very quickly, Chris, what makes you tick? Uh, a, a good question. Uh, this time in the morning, probably quite a lot of coffee. Uh, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on my fourth cup myself, I have to say. Uh, yeah, with regards to my background, just to recap really quickly without boring you too much, uh, I was a military pilot for 14 years. I uh, left the military in 2003, went into project management, sort of fell into the platform space fairly early on. Uh, worked on uh, numerous platforms, got myself up to sort of program director level and in 2010 decided to open platform people given my contacts uh, and relationships in the market. So that's been going for uh, for five years now and it's basically got three offerings. Uh, there's a consultancy arm to it, there's a due diligence arm where we help IFAs and networks choose the right platform and we also help companies choose the right platform technology provider so we've got a, a really in-depth knowledge of how all that works. And then finally, there's a recruitment arm which led me on to uh, co-ignition. With, with regards to what make, what makes me tick, at the minute, there's there's so much going on, I couldn't actually narrow it down to one thing, but uh, I'm, I'm quite a family man, so I've got a... I've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old. They're doing very well at making me tick at the minute. And last time we talked a lot about platform people, and one of the things I remember so much about that first interview was the fact that you created a really quite special entrepreneurial and communicative culture within platform people and a lot of that came from your military background so it'd be just quite nice to have a quick update on how platform people's going and and maybe how that culture has developed albeit that it's only about eight months since we last spoke yeah sure platform people uh, we're currently expanding we're just in the middle of an office move so that's something else that's making me tick because i've really got to tidy my office <laughs> what, what we've found uh, since you and I have spoke is the amount of due diligence that we've been doing around platform technology providers has gone up uh, significantly. That's helped change our culture because we're starting to understand uh, what our clients want a lot better uh, and actually what they don't know. Because when you've been doing this for quite a while, you can become desensitized and think that everybody knows what you know. So one of the key learnings for us is making sure that we don't assume anything Right. and that whilst we we know how a platform works uh, and and what the problems of implementing a platform are that it's not always as as easy to understand sometimes for some of our clients and we've really taken that on board and we do spend quite a lot of time talking to each other about what are the common misconceptions about buying a platform renting a platform building a platform or enhancing a platform uh, because you know that there are a lot of expectations out there that some of this is a lot easier than we think it is yeah and it isn't. And there's somewhere they think actually this is a massive job and what we're talking about, it may may very well not be. So I think from our point of view, it's always good to, to just baseline what our customers actually know and what they think they know. Uh, and that's what we've been learning. I've heard this described as the curse of knowledge. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's where you, you, know, you live day to day the jargon of the industry. And we, we, we all talk in different jargons depending upon which industry we're in. But we, we, we live it so much that it becomes ingrained in our consciousness. And yet when we talk to a customer about it or a man on the street, they just look at us with blank eyes. And, and so I think it's a 
very good thing for people to step back from time to time and actually just try to realize that we need to communicate in a much similar simpler way because the vast majority of people just simply don't know what we're talking about no I, I, I agreed you know as my wife says to me a little bit of knowledge is, is very very dangerous <laughs> and so one of the um, the three arms of platform people as you've said is the recruitment arm and that's led you to this new company which you've launched since the last time we spoke Coignition, and that's all about recruitment as well isn't it it is yeah so what happened uh, it was the end of 2012 we had a downturn with platform people were because of the rdr uh, recruitment slowed down and it actually slashed quite a lot of our revenues overnight and if, if necessity is the mother of all invention and this is the classic story <laughs> after uh, laying several people off in, in the company because we just couldn't afford to keep them uh, due to this hiatus in the market okay it made me sit down and redefine w- what it was uh, we were actually doing and I sort of spent an evening in my kitchen with uh, my, my whiteboard uh, and about three bottles of red wine, I remember, and thinking, <laughs> this can't happen again. Why didn't I see it coming and how can I change it? And I, I sort of sat down and thought, right, what is it I actually know how to do? What, what, am, I, what am I good at? Well, you know, we've built five platforms, so we know how a you know, highly transactional piece of software works. And I know something about building a recruitment business and how much it's hated. So I sat down and I wrote some... Uh, some design principles as to what I wanted to do. So what I was building had to be free, it had to be less hassle, it had to provide better quality than what's currently happening, and it had to be cheaper. And there's a whole raft that, you know, there's a couple of blogs out there on on how I went about designing this. But in effect, I thought, I know how to build a platform, know a bit about recruitment, why don't I build a platform that does people rather than money? And uh, Cognition was born then. So I built uh, a prototype and went and tried it on a, a couple of friendly clients just to see if I was heading in the right direction. And, uh, and from there, we, we built a, a fully scalable platform that's now operational in Australia and the UK. Why do you think recruitment is universally hated, as you've said there? It, it's a distressed purchase. It's one of those things. Uh, it, it, it's quite weird because in Australia, it's not hated. Right, uh, and uh, we're also operating in Dubai now, and we don't have an office there. But you know, people are quite happy to speak to recruiters out there, which is very, very weird. I'm not a recruiter; never have I been. I just sort of fell into it due to my contacts and built, you know, one on the platform people out from that. But I hate recruitment as well. I've got to recruit for platform people and cognition, and I've got to deal with recruiters. And I think part of the problem is the recruitment process means that they only get paid the majority of the time when they've actually placed somebody. So that means that they've got to do quite a lot of business development, get quite a lot of leads on the go, hoping that one of them drops. So it becomes a volume play. But unfortunately, when it's a volume play, it sort of lacks sincerity. And then when you end up speaking to recruiters, it's there's a facade that nobody enjoys. I think that's that's absolutely right. I mean, since I left uh, corporate life, I have spoken to a few recruiters, even though it's not my intention to go back into corporate life. And as a person who spent his life communicating, I find that recruiters don't communicate very well at all. You know, you might they might ring you up and say, "Oh, I'm looking for a marketing manager, and I want you to tell me all your contacts." Okay, yeah. then I'll do that for free, shall I? And if you actually are interested in a role or you actually go through the recruitment process, they may never speak to you again for six months or a year. And, yeah. you know, you and I, again, it's easy to send out a quick email, 
But if you haven't been successful, they don't want to take it forward. Why not take that 30 seconds to say, sorry, Mr. Edwards, Roger, we're not taking this forward this time, rather than just radio silence? Because then you're sitting there thinking, what have I done wrong? No, you're absolutely right. That's uh, I can shamelessly plug platform people and say that's one of our USPs is, is candidate care, that we're sort of getting off the point. I, I totally believe that, you know, there's a little bit of professional courtesy with candidates to say you didn't get the job because your candidate is ideally going to be your next client. Indeed. So my recruiters don't get this. I have no idea. And I would much rather have a few sincere relationships with, you know, with good people rather than many acquaintances, like you say, that you ring up and uh, and you try and uh, nickel their contacts and things like that. Yeah. So, so going back to co-ignition now, almost uh, you've almost described the light bulb moment was when you realised that you're good at putting together platforms that sell investments or sell money. Why don't I put a platform together that effectively sells people? So, yeah. talk a li- talk a little bit more about the co-ignition model and how it works in the, in the green room before we hit the record button. You sort of alluded to it as a, a sort of eBay for recruiters. So, take us through that thinking, Chris. Sure, uh, it goes back to what I was saying about recruitment being a distressed per- uh, distressed purchase. So. You know, I started with the, high, the 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 why, the how, and the what. And the why for me was that I, I wanted to improve recruitment. It, it's a hated industry. There's so much waste in it. So for recruiters, whenever they work on a role, uh, they, they'll get to know probably ten candidates fairly in depth, or I would hope that they would. That's that's the long list. Then they'll move that to a short list of three. Yeah. And hopefully one will get the job. But the problem is, is there's nine candidates there who A, may never get a call back, B, never get used. And they've invested all this time and money in getting to know them, you, you know, finding out what makes them tick and they don't get any money from them. Sure. So for me, it was, why don't I build something that's going to make it better for candidates, better for recruiters and better for employers? So the how and the what we, we, we can talk about. So is it worth me just running through, uh, quickly running through the processes if you're an employer on cognition? I think I think that would be useful. Yeah. So let, let's <coughs> let's so, imagine that you're going to you're looking for a, I don't know a, a power plan or a marketing manager, something like that. Sure. So the, the first thing I'll say, and this is really important, it's free to use. There's no contract. You've nothing to sign. You just use cognition. Uh, completely on its merits. So if you don't like it, you don't have to use it. And you only actually pay when you hire the person. So that, that's the first thing. So the, there's very little risk for an employer using cognition. Uh, and if the candidate doesn't work in the first three months probation, then they get a refund as well. So it's free to use, free to advertise on. Uh, you only pay uh, when you hire the person. If they don't work out, you get a refund. So that was one of my first design principles that, that I solved. But let's say that you're looking for a parrot planner, uh, and just to keep the maths easy, let's say 100 grand. I'm sure all the parrot planners are uh, gasping for air at this moment. <laughs> uh, so what what would happen is you would go into Cognition and you would uh, register and upload your vacancy with a detailed job description, and Cognition can help you write that job description. What will happen then is it will go onto our job board free of charge, and it will be sent to every recruiter that's registered on Cognition. You know. So there's now uh, a couple of hundred on there. We've only been live since the 1st of May. But it will go specifically, first and foremost, to the ones that specialize in, in that. But it will also go to the other ones as well because they, you know, they're brothers or sisters, maybe paraplanners, for instance. And, you know, we're all about trying to find the passive candidate. Now, if they think that they've got a good candidate, they can bid to work on this role. Now, at this stage, 
it won't say it's Roger Edwards who's recruiting for this because what we're trying to stop is you getting uh, thousands and thousands of court calls. Right, so right. You can push your vacancy out knowing full well that the whole world's not going to uh, knock on your door wanting to be your best friend. <laughs> now, they can bid... Uh, and you, you know that they, they will bid on your indicated price. So let's say that you, you wanted it filling for two grand, you know, which is two percent of a hundred thousand pounds, which is incredibly cheap. Uh, and they may be using nine of those candidates that they didn't place for most. Of. So that's the that's the uh, incentivization for the recruiter to do this. Now they'll bid on it. They'll say, "Yeah, I'll do it for two grand," and you, you'll get a raft of bids, and you can choose which ones you want based on uh, the cost that they've said, and also quality. So after every hire on cognition, the recruiter gets a rating and a testimonial, even if they didn't place somebody from the employer. So you can actually pick recruiters based on the, the quality rather than the marketing budget. Okay. Now, when you accept the bid, then and only then would cognition tell the employer that it's actually Roger Edwards and using our uh, video conferencing chat function, you can have a conversation, you can build that relationship, get to know a lot more uh, uh, about the role, uh, you know, uh, sort any questions out. And everything's time stamped in cognition as well, so it is fully traceable and auditable. And then you would go through the process. Cognition sorts all the interviews out for you, so it's, it's fully incorporates uh, with Outlook. Uh, it works with other third-party apps like LinkedIn and stuff like that. And when you come to hire the person, co-admission will send you the invoice for £2,000. You pay that, job's done. If the person doesn't work, then you tell co-admission that you've got rid of them and then you get a rebate based on percentages to how long they've been there. And also, you would obviously leave the recruiter feedback and testimonial and a testimonial if you wanted. And that would allow you to uh, you know, give feedback and it also helps uh, build their presence up. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I'm thinking um, the traditional recruitment model, and we'll stick with the £100,000 figure despite how uh, alarmingly high it is. Most recruiters will probably take, what you, what would you say, 20 25% of that if they place that hundred grand job. So how are we yeah. going to convince a recruiter to use cognition if they're thinking, well, I can potentially earn twenty-five grand out of this placement, whereas I'm only going to bid for two thousand on cognition. Are they going to be a little bit uh, unhappy with that figure? On face value, you're absolutely right. Now, there's a couple of reasons, a couple of very big reasons why recruiters use cognition and, and why we've not got a problem hiring them. The first one is the zero business development costs. So I know our recruitment guys and I know platform people using that as an example. We spend a fortune sending people down to London on the train and then they'll sit in Royal Exchange all day buying coffees, meeting people, da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah. And they may get some work out of it and they may not. But that's a cost That's a cost of sale to us that's born to platform people. And I think we, you know, we spend somewhere in the region of about a quarter of a million a year just on that function alone. Okay. Just for London, not, you know, not including Edinburgh, Bristol and everywhere else where we operate. Right. So with Cognition, the recruiter can just, they can register for free. It's free for them to use, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And before they've even taken the dressing gown off or finished the cornflakes, they can go and bid on roles. So there is zero business development costs for them. Now, the other thing is, is it allows them to bid for roles that may be outside of their sector. So, for instance, someone from Platform People, uh, you know, we, we get all sorts of candidates through our doors who've spent 20 years in the petro, you know, petrochemical industry and they've, they've done a year in financial services. But if we were to try and represent them to BP, BP would have nothing to do with us because we're Platform People with financial services. Sure, sure. The cognition, they don't really care 
that they just know that if I bid to do it, it's because I've got a really good candidate. And if I haven't, then I'm going to get really crap feedback. So for the recruiter, there's zero business development costs. And also it means that they can grow into other sectors at, at zero cost as well. The other main advantage is, as we've said, is when they're, when they're doing their traditional recruitment and they're earning the 20 grand on the 100 grand salary, that initial long list of 10 candidates that they've got that they would whittle down to three candidates and yeah. send them to you for interview and then you pick one of them, they're going to get paid the 20 grand for the person that they got hired. Sure. What, what about the other nine candidates? And as you know, you know we've all been there where recruiters haven't rung us back to say that we didn't get the job and this, that and the other. Even though we spent an hour on the phone and they know my, you know, my cats, my cats names and <laughs> we're on holiday and stuff like that, and they haven't bothered to ring me back. With cognition, because of the amount of vacancies on there, it means that they can represent those other nine candidates and at least get some revenue for working on it. Mm-hmm. So this was revenue they were never going to get. And people who are listening, I'm sure of. You know, they've gone forward for a job and they haven't got the job for whatever reason. The likelihood is they would be placed by another agency, sure, another recruiter. So it means all that time with the original recruiter has been wasted, but Cognition allows them to business develop for free, work in new sectors for free, and then place those other nine candidates. And let's say you only get two grand. That's two grand you were never going to get. Now, if you times that by nine, that's actually nearly as much as Indeed. the 20 grand in the first place. Indeed. And, and is Coignition aimed mainly at the financial services industry? <laughs> You've mentioned that uh, you're, you're in Australia and potentially Dubai and the UK. Is it mainly financial services or are you looking to spread your net? Uh, so w- what we've done is we've, we've grown it in, uh, in verticals. So there's an element of cognition that focuses completely on financial services and that's permanent contract interim pro bono and temporary workers so we cover every type of worker but also we work in every other sector as well any other country and uh, and now any other language uh-huh. so we're any job any sector anywhere and and the point of that is that people often move through sectors uh, and like you say Roger, it, it may be in five years' time, uh, you know, when you've sold your company and you sat there bored with your millions that you might want to go and do a contract somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, what sort of recruiter would you approach? Well, that's actually the wrong question. It's do you have access to the opportunity? And does the opportunity have access to you, the right candidate? And that's what Cognition is seeking to address. So this developed out of your um, original light bulb moment and what challenges did you face getting Coignition off the ground and how did you overcome those challenges to make them work, Chris? It's a, it's a really good question. When I came up with the concept and I sort of sat in front of a couple of employers, everybody said, this is absolutely fantastic. And at, at that moment in time, I thought I was the most disruptive person on the planet and <laughs> you know, I was uh, feeling very Steve Jobs about myself. And what I came to learn was that you're only disruptive if the market tells you you're disruptive. Sure. You're only disruptive if they keep coming back and using you. And one of the biggest challenges we had was initially getting people to to buy into the concept. But the hardest part of that was us being able to uh, articulate what it was. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to teach you about something that you know that works and is quite boring and a distressed purchase like recruitment, I'm now trying to get you excited about something that you didn't like in the first place. So it it can be quite a challenge, uh, or it was quite a challenge until we learn how to articulate it. You know, and people often say to me, if you can't articulate your business idea in under 30 seconds, then it's not a good idea. And that's where I come up with, well, it's an eBay for jobs. 
it's a marketplace now that you understand it and you know that normally hits home which is quite good that, but, that, that, that's really interesting and of course within the financial services industry we're often dealing with products and concepts that are grudge purchases especially with protection products so it's interesting to see how you've approached this from the recruitment point of view yeah you, you've got to make it easy for people it's got to be less hassle it's got to be better quality it's got to be a lot better quality uh, and you've got to be able to safeguard that and it's got to be cheaper, and that, that's what we've that's what we've done with cognition, and you know it's evolving all the time uh, based on the territories and the sectors that we're working in. What's been the reaction from recruiters to this? I mean, obviously some of the some of them will have looked at it and thought, "Wow, we can really work with this." We might have a few misconceptions about the pricing model, but we can work around that. Have you had anybody re- reacting negatively to it? What What's been your experience with the recruiters to the to the launch? Uh, on an individual level, they all get it. Uh, on a company level, uh, we've had some some really interesting uh, reactions. So we went and we pitched this to uh, Randstad and to Hayes. Uh, and as a company, they absolutely hated it because they realized it was disintermediating their market. <laughs> yeah. We were basically centralizing recruitment and we were commoditizing it even further, which meant it was taking away, you know, it, it was literally eating their breakfast. So you know, they politely declined. And then that evening, six of the recruiters registered individually basically all the candidates that they couldn't place during the day in the Randstad or Reed or Hayes job they were doing it for themselves at night through cognition and making money for themselves you know it, it, I suppose it's like the IFA who you know couldn't sell to a client and then went home at night and did it for himself and and with cognition anybody can uh, register to be a recruiter or be an employer. I mean, we've got examples of husbands and wives uh, in financial services, I may add, who have both registered as both employer and recruiters on cognition, and they literally hock each other out for contract roles. So they're not only getting the contract day rate, they're also getting the recruitment fee as well. <laughs> so, and I don't mind that at all. You, you know, all we're doing is disintermediating the market and it's giving the employer more value. So they're getting the same people that they always wanted for far less. Another negative reaction that we had initially was a lot of employers use cognition now and they tell the PSL, their preferred supplier list of recruiters, that they've got to use cognition. Now, when you're told that you've got to use something, it doesn't matter whether it's the best thing on the planet, your immediate reaction is to hate it. Yes. So we spend a lot of time saying to these recruiters, look, yeah, you've got to do this now. Uh, it's up to you whether you work on the vacancy or not if the price is too low. But now look at all these sectors that you're opened up to and you don't have to do any business development. And once they get past the, once they compare cognition to their understanding of the traditional process, that's when they see the benefit and they overcome the, actually, this is fantastic. I don't even need to get dressed and I've now got six (laughs) new clients. Has anything not worked as well as you hoped? And if so, tell us how you modified your approach as a result of feedback as you you develop the business forward. Yeah, uh, when we first launched the platform, it was all about the language. And and what we found was the language that we used in the UK wasn't fully understood in Australia. Right. And vice versa. So we had some people who complained because they didn't realize that they had to pay VAT and they thought that was part of the price. Uh. (laughs) I know, which is bizarre. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't get around that. So, you know, it's just been absolutely uh, it's saying it in three year olds and that's that, that's a, a, an evolution an ongoing evolution for us 
because people uh, they they interpret things in so many different ways when they read it, and you know what what we found is people will believe what they want to believe when they read something. Saying it in three year old, I like that. That may yeah. well be the headline that I'm going to use in some of the tweets for, to support this podcast <laughs> when it goes out. What's the one thing that you'd like the listeners of the Empath Podcast to take away from the experiences you've had from building Coignition, Chris? I think what you've got to do, you know, what's what's been the biggest learner for me is sitting down and actually working out. But I, I drew that that night on the whiteboard. I drew a cross on the whiteboard, and I had four boxes. What am I good at? What am I bad at? What do I like doing, and what do I not like? doing and I spent an evening with, with three bottles of red I might add so I'm pretty sure it was illegible for anybody <laughs> but I, I really worked out what what skills I, I built to date and how I could turn that into something else to solve a problem right and I actually ended up doing something that I enjoyed doing because you know what, what makes me tick is I love creating stuff and building stuff and and solving a problem I don't particularly care what the problem is but that's what I really really enjoy doing but we've all got so many skills and attributes that we often overlook that are actually the answer is staring you in the face to some of the problems that that are there now because I built Cognition, it's allowed platform people to grow Cognition standing on its own two feet we've now got a big American company looking to buy that company by the way okay uh, Cognition. so you know there's a lot of interest in the market in what I've created from a fairly simple idea and I went back to the the, the basics of what what am I good at and what do I know and what can I do with it so I, I, I'm sure that there's listeners out there that are currently wrestling with you know business problems and they've probably got the answer either in front of them or within their organization, but they just need to apply that knowledge and experience slightly differently. But uh, yeah, you know, what 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 would I like? I'd love to hear feedback uh, from your listeners on uh, on Cognition and you can get there at www.co-ignition.com. Like I say, it's free to register. There's no contract. You use it as much or as little as you want. And I just really like feedback and how we can improve it. It, it won't cost you anything by the time to register, which takes a, a minute. And if you've got a vacancy and you want to control the cost and the quality, then, you know, we'd love you to try it out and tell us what you think. Thank you, Chris. I'm sure lots of people are going to want to get in touch with you after hearing this fascinating journey that you've been on creating Coignition. And of course, I'll put all your contact details in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. It's been a fascinating conversation. I love the eBay analogy. I love the fact that you're being disruptive. I love the fact you've taken a model which is generally not liked by a lot of people, not just in financial services, but in the, in the entire business landscape, and try to re-engineer it to be completely different. Before we go, Chris, as always, I'd just like to take you through the quick-fire round of business questions. If there's one thing that you would change about the financial services industry, if someone gave you a magic wand to wave, what would it be? I think it would be education for the general public and to make it a, a lot easier to understand. So it's back to my uh, talking in three-year-old analogy. What's the one business model? Or it could be a product or it could be a campaign that's caught your attention in the last year. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Oof. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Royal Marines recruitment ad. The 99.9% need not apply. I thought it was, it, it, it's just resonated with me so much. You know the one in the boat where they're bobbing up and down? <laughs> yeah. And it 
it's uh, it, you know it's very Call of Duty, and then all of a sudden it's got 99.9% need not apply. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life. It's got to be my Fitbit HR Charge. So it's one of these uh, wristbands that you put on that counts your steps, but mine also checks your heart rate as okay. well. So I can check that I'm still here, which is quite <laughs> good. It, it's been uh, it, it's been phenomenal. So I've uh, over the last year I've lost an absolute ton of weight, and I'm doing. Uh, marathons and half marathons now and it's due to having this technology that nags me every day telling me to get up and get stuff done what's the best business book you've ever read tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it the the latest one actually sumo shut up and move on right and this is really really important for people uh starting a new project or a new business or trying to get an idea off the ground you know it's all about making sure that if if you're going to fail on something fail early because it's so easy to get focused purely on your your, your products and i've met a lot of business owners and i'm sure you and your listeners have where all they can do is talk about the product yeah they don't fully understand how to get it to market or how it makes money etc etc and they become so product centric that they can't actually see the wood for the trees that only they you send these guys on Dragon's Den, you know, and they'll come with some gadget that they think is the next revolutionary thing, and they can't take any sort of negative comment about it. And the Sumo book for me was really good at making me stand back from my own ideas and saying, so what? You know, that that's rubbish. And it was a case of, right, shut up and move on, move on to the next <laughs> thing. So, you know, it helps save me a lot of money and a lot of time. It, it does dent your ego a little bit from time to time, but it, it's the cheapest way to do it. And finally, Chris, who would you most like to hear me interview on this podcast? Oh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to alter this question and say, who would you most like to hear me interview from the financial services industry? Because everybody I've asked that question to has come up with something like Richard Branson or Morgan Freeman or Quentin yeah, Tarantino. No, ask me that question again and I'll... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good answer. And finally, who would you most like to hear me interview on the podcast from the financial services industry? That's a really good question. I think, uh, and I think the time is actually right as well, Roger, but I'd love to hear you interview David Nish, uh, what's his left standard life? I'd love to hear about his journey, you know, the six years is at Standard, what he changed. Well, I was actually in Standard when he when he was there and, all, and then after I left. And, and I'm looking at it, being emotionally involved at the beginning and then actually seeing the benefits afterwards it'd be great to hear his story and you know what his thinking was as well well of course he's just down the road in edinburgh from me so you never know i might just manage to pull that one off richard branson morgan freeman probably not likely before before we go chris what's the best way that people can get in touch with you you've already mentioned the website is it email twitter linkedin uh any of them to be honest so uh, i'm on linkedin it's uh it's chris hitchens h-i-t-c-h-e-n-s uh, you can get me on chris.hitchens at co-ignition.com. Any Australian listeners, it's uh, ignitioncomau uh, and the team there will, will look after you. But yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, or you can phone me on my mobile, which is 07917-010101, the easiest number in the world. Great stuff. Chris, thanks so much for talking to me again today for the Empath Podcast. Let me wish you, platform people, and Coignition every success for the future and hope to catch up with you again soon. Lovely, Roger. It's great to speak to you. Thanks very much. for listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf 
for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.